Cue the fancy intro music. This is Creative Freedom, empowerment for creative entrepreneurs, where can-do inspiration and how-to education collide to help you own your dreams without selling your soul. Creative Freedom gives you the tips, tools, and resources you need to define and achieve success on your own terms, so you can make great money doing what you love and have the time and freedom to enjoy it. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Lisa Robin Young. Let's get started. If you look at our show calendar, you know it's been a minute or 12 since our last official episode dropped. Our bonus episode last week gave you the explanation for that, and in short, it was a capacity problem that we're actively navigating. I won't say too much more about it except to note that this happens in every business that is growing and adding complexity, so coming soon to a theater near you. (laughs) The earlier episodes of season six laid the groundwork for what we're talking about today, your content strategy. If you've missed those or you need a refresher, you may want to pop back to the beginning of season six to see what you've missed. We've talked about how to make sure your content strategy is sustainable and how to narrow in so you're actually getting some visibility. This episode, we're going to teach you how to build out your strategy. Ooh, I know that word strategy can send chills down your spine if you're not a more linear type. But chaotics, chaotic cuss types, fusion types, hang with me here because this is just another word for your vision. It's the approach, the combination of tools and tactics that you're going to use in order to make people aware that you even exist and to build trust and transformation with your audience and make sales happen so that you can actually grow your noble empire. There's a difference between marketing strategy and content strategy, just To be clear, marketing strategy is the bigger picture. All the tools and elements going into your total marketing vision. Your content, yes, but also advertising, in-person networking, affiliate relationships, etc. Content is a slice of your overall marketing strategy. Maybe even a big part of it, but it's not all of it. It's also the piece that tends to last the longest, have the longest shelf life, especially on the interwebs. You know what they say, the internet is forever, something like that. Anywho, today we're narrowing our focus and looking at the content slice, but content for what, how? Your content strategy is an approach, a plan, a map that uses your business goals, the vision for your business, in order to decide which ways you'll develop and use content to achieve those goals. Your strategy sets you free, (laughs) free to focus on doing only that which moves you closer to your ultimate goals. Now, at first blush, it sounds great to be everywhere all the time and making sales in your sleep, but reality is a lot different. Trust me, after almost 30 years online, it's a lot different. (laughs) Most of us don't have the spoons or resources to be everywhere all the time, even with automation. And that's why we have to be selective. And that's what happened to me in 2021. It's funny because 2020 was actually a pretty good year for me, both personally and professionally, 
But 2021 was all, hold my beer. (laughs) It really did a number on me. And that's why we spent time in episode five talking about what you need to do to ensure your strategy is sustainable. Because if it's not sustainable, you won't keep with it. You may not be able to keep with it. And as I've said many, many times, consistency more than anything else is the biggest success factor for every business. I want you to have a plan that's sustainable for you, easy for you to implement and maintain so that you can be consistent with it. And consistency and frequency are not the same darn thing. Consistency is about the quality of a thing, while frequency is about how often that thing is going on. Frequency is nice, but being consistent at a lower frequency almost always beats being inconsistent at a higher frequency. Remember, my goal is to help you own your dreams without selling your soul, which means developing a business that is actually sustainable and not soul sucking. So make sure you've got episode five under your belt before you dig in here. Let's begin by getting clear on your goals. What do you actually want to accomplish in your business? (laughs) Say, for example, your goal is to sell 100 paintings this year, but you don't even have 100 people on your email list. Well, sales may be great. But the first goal is to find or grow your audience so that you even got a shot at 100 people seeing your work, let alone buying it. Your content marketing needs to be built to attract and sell based on that goal. That's your vision. Attract new people to your audience and sell paintings to them. So insert your goal there. (laughs) One of my goals right now is increasing the percentage of our business income that is leveraged income meaning its income is generated from a one-to-many approach. If you go back to our episode about business models, you'll see that as a Fusion Creative, one-to-many models are generally a better approach for me anyway. So that's my focus this year. I spent the last six years building the Creative Freedom Incubator through a lot of hands-on effort. I've had my hands in dozens of businesses, helping people from folks starting at zero to establish six-figure enterprises. I've gotten my hands dirty, so to speak, working inside their business to help them fix the pieces that were broken or that never functioned properly in the first place. Sometimes I was helping them develop systems and processes to make things run more smoothly. Sometimes I was helping them with marketing copy or building out new revenue streams. Sometimes we were dealing with support team issues, hiring and firing and team delegation. It really depended on what the client needed or where the client was stuck so that we could figure out what needed to be changed so that they could get some momentum. And while I've loved all that hands-on work, I know it's time for a shift. Being hands-on helped me see more clearly what was actually going on inside my clients' lives and businesses in a very up-close and personal way. Remember, I've said before, if you've got a business problem, it's going to affect the personal. If you've got a personal problem, it's going to affect the business. That's the nature of creative entrepreneurship, of solopreneurship. And so that experience has helped me shape the Creative Freedom Incubator into a powerful tool to help creative entrepreneurs grow profitable, sustainable businesses doing what they love. And we don't want that to stop. And I want more time to be able to finish my new book about the star power framework. It's the next step beyond what I wrote about in Creative Freedom, as I mentioned in our last episode. And I'm committed to reaching and serving those folks who are tired of being overlooked and passed over, who are ready to unleash their star power and become the celebrity in their niche. Now, I'm still going to be working with people in the incubator, but me personally, I am going to be focusing on those kinds of folks. 
and then slowly over time transition away from doing most of the incubator work altogether and having my team do that as we get new coaches on board. So if my goal right now is more leveraged income, I can't keep doing so much individual hands-on work. I've got to free myself up to work in more leveraged ways. And the Star Power program is the way forward for me this year. And I also can't just hire out everything because that's not increasing income, that's increasing expenses. So we have to have more income before we can increase expenses and bring on those team members. That's my goal. <laughs> so what's your business goal for this year? For more than 10 years, I have used our dream blazing process, which you can pick up for free inside our learning library. It's free to register. All you have to do is click on the link for the rising tide on the website and you're gonna have instant access to that. So if you're struggling to figure out what your goals are gonna be, dream blazing helps you set annual goals and then break it down into quarterly and monthly milestones to help you see the smaller action steps inside your goals and make them all more attainable. Now for me, that means our first quarter goal is to relaunch the incubator with this new curriculum driven DIY option. And that's actively happening right now. We're putting in the new courses and the success map right now so that we can do a public launch to the whole wide world in March. Now you can go, because you're part of my inside crowd, to lisarobinyoung.com forward slash incubator and register now before we roll it out to the public and take advantage of that pre-rollout pricing because the investment will be higher once we roll it out publicly. Then our focus for quarter two is gonna be rolling out that new Star Power program I told you about. It is a hybrid group coaching and mastermind program for established entrepreneurs who want to be the celebrity in their niche. We're talking about people who know they've got this big vision, it's ready to move the masses, like the world will be changed if only more people knew about who I am and what I have to offer, okay? We look at each of the nine pieces of the Star Power Framework, and then we have regular spotlight coaching inside this program to help you take those courageous actions that I mentioned in our last episode. That's quarter two. Quarter three then is focused on the Creative Freedom Client Retreat, because that's my thing, I love my retreat, and continuing enrollment for Star Power. It's also about beginning the search for hiring more help because we should have the revenue to support it by then. So I'll be looking for new coaches to bring into our community. And quarter four is about onboarding our new team members. So those are the milestones for the goal of more leveraged income. Business goal, more leveraged income. Quarterly goals to support making that happen. And if you're still struggling to develop a plan that identifies your goals, go back and hit episode four or just pop into the Rising Tide member area and start going through dream blazing. I'll make sure there's a link in the show notes if you're not already registered. Now, once you know your goals, you need clarity on the audience you're trying to reach with this content and not just who they are. I mean, I hope you've already got that figured out before you're trying to market to them, but also what platforms are they using? Where can you find these people? And more importantly, how do you feel about being on that platform? Because honestly, your audience is almost everywhere at this point, especially when it comes to social media. So it's less about being everywhere and more about being where it makes sense for you. Now, my audience is established entrepreneurs who know their stuff and wanna be the celebrity in their niche. Those folks are everywhere, but I find that 
more established entrepreneurs are on sites like LinkedIn versus Facebook, which is less targeted. It's harder to reach them there. They're probably on Facebook, but it's so noisy. It's really hard to find them and speak to them. And I have a colleague who despises social but has strategically selected to be on Twitter because it has value for their business. And as soon as they have the availability to hire someone else to manage it, they won't be there anymore. But their support person will continue to manage conversations there for the business account. Now, remember that zone of genius conversation from last episode? Trying to be everywhere is draining and it keeps you from your zone of genius. That sweet spot for choosing your platform is a place where your audience is, where you can thrive, and is also searchable or publicly findable if possible. So YouTube, Google, Pinterest, and to a lesser degree, Instagram and Facebook are places people go to search for things that interest them right now today. That may change depending on when you're listening to this episode. My blog is searchable on Google. My YouTube channel is searchable as well. The podcast is less searchable, which is why we also post those episodes on my blog. So pick one maybe two platforms if you've got the support to to handle that, Um, especially if one of them isn't so searchable. And don't try to be everywhere all the time, especially if you don't have a lot of support. (laughs) That's just hard. Repeat after me. I've said this before. You are not Gary (laughs) Vee. You can't be everywhere all the time. All right. So now that you know who you're talking to and where they are, you need to decide what your content format will be. If your audience searches on Google, then blog posts and even YouTube videos might be the right kind of content format for you. That's how I got started. I just started writing articles on my blog and then I started doing videos. 2008, my first YouTube video, you can still find it on my channel, is a video I did in 2008. And it's not even a video per se. It's more like an animated talking voiceover thing. (laughs) I'm not sure how to explain what it is, but it's there and I keep it there so that people can see where I started, right? Because nobody starts with a huge set and lots of lights and cameras and all that stuff, unless you've got really deep pockets. And that was not me when I was getting started. If you opt for podcasting, get a transcription of the audio or write out a script so that it can be searchable and readable. Whenever possible, longer form content needs to be searchable to increase your brand awareness, which, as you'll remember from episode six, is an important part of your marketing. And if social is your jam, great. You can repurpose some of that content on a blog so that it's easier to find and more directly associated with you. Denise Duffield Thomas is great at this. She'll make an Instagram post, and then a few days later, I'll see it in an email, and then sometimes I'll see it on her blog. And I've also seen her go the other way, write a blog post and then share it to social with links back to her blog. You need to think about that too. Instead of trying to be everywhere, what can you create once and use in a variety of ways? Content that's going to get you closer to your goals. The hamster wheel of content creation happens when we create content that's not purposeful. Once you've created that business plan and have determined your business and quarterly goals, then you can create content that will help you achieve those goals. Now, my goal is to launch and grow enrollments for our new Star Power program, right? So to help spread the word about Star Power, I am doing a series of paid and free workshops. I'm speaking on other people's podcasts. I'm talking about it on my own podcast. And we'll also do some social posts and emails about elements of the framework so that we can educate our audience about what it really takes to become a celebrity in your niche. 
We'll repurpose elements of the podcast and workshops into bite-sized things that we can use on social media to attract interest and generate leads for potential buyers. And there are really only three kinds of content. Content that creates awareness, content that educates, and content that sells. And yes, content that entertains is about generating awareness. I don't expect my music video parodies to generate a ton of sales, but I do expect them to create more awareness by generating views, shares, and questions about who the heck is this chick doing these weird business parodies. Awareness content helps your audience know who you are and what your business is about and your values and your why, and it helps them get to know you and like you more. So it's important. Educational content establishes you as an expert. And yes, artists, I'm looking at you. Sharing content around how you create your work is educational to your audience. That process matters to some people and it's a curiosity to others. Your real fans want to know. This is where you build trust. You can build a little bit of trust in the awareness content, but that's not its purpose. Trust is built when you show people they can count on you, they are safe with you, and that you know your stuff so that they can trust that what you're sharing is true. Now, when possible, this is the content that you want to be searchable and findable because people who are new to you won't know to search for your name. They'll be searching for things like you or people like you, creators like you, and that's how they'll find you unless someone shares you with them. And if they're sharing you, it's because you've entertained or educated them in some way and they want to be the hero to their audience and share you with them. So you can grow your audience without having your own email list. It's just not as reliable because you're at the whim of whoever owns that audience. And people don't just share willy nilly. This isn't the wild west days of the internet when just having a website was a big deal. <laughs> everyone's got a website, everyone's got social, everyone's making videos. There's a lot of noise out there. Think about what you share and how you share it. There's a lot that doesn't catch your attention or it's only mildly interesting. You're not likely to share that. But something that really hits home for you, makes you laugh or think or clearly articulates your values in ways that you can't, that's the stuff you share, am I right? And you share it because it's a reflection of you, what you like, what you agree with, what you think is funny, interesting, or entertaining. That's your reputation on the line. You're not going to just share any old thing. So it's important that what you're creating is something your audience can find value in so that they will share it. Now, sales content isn't as epic or interesting. <laughs> it's not likely to get shared a whole lot, but it's still an important part of the content that you create. Most of our sales posts on social don't get shared. But the right people who are already in our audience do see them, click on them, or engage with them. They buy because we've told them about our offers. If you look at my Instagram feed, for example, you'll see promotional posts for podcast episodes as well as programs that we sell. Those posts don't get nearly the same kind of engagement as my more personal posts or my music videos. They're not supposed to, to be frank. But the people in my audience who are ready to buy see those posts, and then they go see what I've got going on, and they buy. That is what sales posts are supposed to do. Let me give you an example that I thought was brilliant. So brilliant that I shared it on social. 
Progressive Insurance. I can't believe I'm calling them out on my podcast, but I was shopping at Amazon.com and I saw an ad for a book called Dr. Rick Will See You Now, A Guide to Unbecoming Your Parents. Now, if you've seen Progressive's TV ads featuring this guy, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. This quote unquote parental life coach helps his clients not become like their parents in a series of commercials that hit a little too close to home for people of a certain age in danger of becoming like their parents. The commercials see him helping people shopping at the mall or decorating their homes. It's very clever. But Progressive goes a step further with this spoof book, and it is very well done. I've put a link in the show notes so that you can go check it out for yourself. The ebook is free to download on Amazon and it's done magazine style. So it's colorful and it's fun and it's not very long. It's a, it's a quick read. I felt called out in more than a few ways as I flipped through it. I've made some changes. Thank you, Dr. Rick. But nowhere in this book was progressive selling insurance. In fact, their name and logo are barely seen on the cover of the book. But because of the success of their ads, this book is instantly recognizable to people as a piece of Progressive's content marketing. It's designed to create conversation, increase awareness, and get people to like Progressive, not to sell a single policy. But for folks who are thinking about insurance and are considering which company to choose, this kind of content is endearing and it makes you think, hey, that Progressive company is okay. Now, Progressive can't sell insurance on Amazon, and none of their competitors are there right now. That is a huge market for them to advertise to, and they're not even trying to actively sell insurance. But they got me and many other people to talk about them. Well played, Progressive. Well played. So, Once you've got your content planned out and know what you're going to create and which platforms you're going to be putting it on, do it and schedule that shit so that you don't have to do it all at one time. Don't go guns blazing with 11 bajillion sales posts in three days. Your audience is probably not ready for that. You've got to warm people up. Um, And I'm hoping to get Dr. Michelle Mazur on later this year to talk about that client buying journey. That's something that we did together earlier this year. And I think it's incredibly valuable for you guys to learn about. People go through a series of stages before they're ready to buy. So sometimes they're ready the minute they meet you because they've already been doing some legwork. But most of the time, they're in a different place. And it's your marketing that brings them along so that they can be ready, willing, and able to buy from you. Remember, that progressive ebook is not gonna sell anybody any insurance. But if somebody's already in a frame of mind to want to buy insurance, that kind of stuff helps move the needle. So you start with some brand awareness building content that gets people familiar with you and your brand. Then you help them see how you are the best choice for meeting their need. Or in the case of creatives who don't solve a problem or a pain per se, you show them how you are the best choice to make their life even better. That's your educational content, your trust building content. Then and only then will they be ready to hear about your offers. Now, you remember that old saying, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. Well, that's what good content marketing can do. It shows people that you're here and you care. Now, it may sound daunting, but creating a plan for your content will save you tons of headache and that blank screen of death when it comes time to actually create the content. 
In fact, part of the series of workshops I'll be hosting for our clients includes a content planning workshop. Just one more reason to be part of Star Power or the Incubator this year. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. So that's it. Figure out where your goals are. Break those out into quarterly milestones and then decide on the platform or platforms you're using that are the best ways for you to reach your white audience. Remember, they're everywhere. <laughs> but what really works for you? That's where you need to be. Finally, develop content that helps your audience get to know, like, trust, and buy from you according to those goals. Schedule it out. Let it rip. And be sure to evaluate your results. Remember, plan, do, and evaluate. If your plan doesn't deliver the results you want, you may need to revise your strategy. But now you know how to create a strategy that will serve you for all of time and eternity. In our next episode, I'm going to share more about the number one way to save yourself a lot of time and energy creating content. And I alluded to it earlier. That's content repurposing. Make it once and then slice it and dice it into a bunch of content that can be used in a variety of ways. That's the plan. Now, I'm also throwing out big thanks and appreciation to our sponsors, our patrons, and to you for helping to make us one of the fastest growing shows for creative entrepreneurs. Please keep spreading the word so that more creatives can make great money doing what they love without having to sell their soul to do it. If you're new around here, be sure you're subscribed to our show to get notifications about our upcoming episodes. You can take the quiz to discover your creative entrepreneur type and sign up for email updates when you come see what's shaking over at lisarobinyoung.com. You know you want to. <laughs>